This week on the podcast, we want you to be our guests and joining us to talking about 1991 and 2017's Indiana for Peace. Podcast, where we talk about your favorite films and film franchises and today we are starting off a month full of disney love as we celebrate 100 years of disney uh we also decided hey why not do some animated movies since we <laughs> i think we've done maybe one or two animated movies on this show in the almost 100 episodes we've done so we figured since disney is 100 years old now uh, we should talk about some of them. And uh, what better way, though, not just talking about one movie, but we're going to be putting two movies face-to-face versus each other as we talk about the animated versus the live-action remakes. So each one of us has picked a movie that has a live-action remake, and we're going to put them against each other. And for the first week, we are going with Angela's pick, which she chose 1991's Beauty and the Beast which got a live-action remake in 2017. We're going to be going through the plot of the original story, of the original movie, and then we're going to be kind of talking about the live-action version uh, in a way where we'll be talking about the things that they added, the music they added, because the, t- the remake is almost an hour longer than the animated movie. Why? I don't know. It didn't need to be, but we're going to no. get to it. I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Dan, and Angela of DNA Gaming. You gotta do it. I'm sorry. I was gonna say, whoa. Sorry, dude. Whoa. That's all you're getting out of me today. Aww. Dan's Dan's not feeling so hot today, but he's here. He's a trooper, as always. Especially for, you know, this episode. You figured, you know, just uh, (laughs) be like, yeah, guys, I'm gonna take the week off. (laughs) But no, he's here. I don't mind. I told him he didn't have to come. I don't mind Disney movies, so. I know. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the. We're going to talk about the animated the animated version because I feel like that's the one that's most beloved when it comes to Beauty and the Beast. So Angela, since this is your pick, what um do you remember the first time you ever saw Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> no, <laughs> I remember watching it. I just don't remember when. I know it was when I was a kid. Um. Because growing up, I didn't meet very many Angelas, and I hated my name. So I watched this, learned about... I I think I were, watched Murder, She Wrote first with Angela Lansbury. I think I watched Murder, She Wrote first, and then Beauty and the Beast. I don't, I don't remember which order they came into my life in, but I was like, oh... Angela Lansbury, she's cool. So I suddenly started liking my name. But no, I just, I don't know. I can still, I don't know how long it's been since I've watched the animated one and I can still sing all the songs. It's one of those that just forever 
will be in your head. One of those, one of those, uh, not useless facts, but one of those things that gets tucked away mm-hmm. that can never be replaced by anything else. Damn. No, I don't remember either. Um, <laughs> I remember the, the advertisements for it on TV, you know, and I remember the big hullabaloo about it and, um, vaguely. And I also remember like, my mom used to watch entertainment tonight a lot. I remember them talking about it a lot on their own, you know, just because I know it was got, I think it got awards. I don't know. Probably best animated movie. Surely that year came out. So it was a, it was actually the first animated film to be nominated for best picture at the Oscars in 1992, Mm -hmm. but it lost out to silence of the lambs. Uh, And it wasn't, I don't think they had the Oscar for best animated uh, films yet. I think actually because of this movie, they added the category of best animated film. Okay. But it did win for best original song for beauty and the beast. And there was one other one. Scroll down here. Uh, It's one for best original song and best original score. Gotcha. So I don't know more. That's it. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know there was supposed to be more. (laughs) (laughs) I was just just waiting. I was just waiting. Beauty and the Beast, it definitely what I mean, being a, a a man or, a you know, back then a boy, you know, Beauty and the Beast wasn't the one you watched a lot as a kid. You know, this was this was the girl. This was a girly movie, but uh, I appreciated it for what it was. The animation style, it was the it was the change of Disney coming out of the 80s, you know, starting with Little Mermaid in 1989. And then it went into Beauty and the Beast. It was that different art style they were starting to incorporate not just the traditional animation but also they were incorporating cgi into the animation as we'll talk about when we get to the ballroom scene but uh i appreciated the story i I thought the story was pretty unique i didn't i mean i was as a kid i didn't realize it was based off of a fairy tale i thought this was you know most of these disney stories i thought they were original disney stories till you look back and like disney didn't have original stories they were all based on other things uh, and bad things. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. This is actually my wife's favorite Disney movie. So, um, actually, I, as as you can see, I have my my Beauty and the Beast shrine behind me. I have the, I guess the original uh, VHS that I used to watch as a kid, and then uh, I have the Blu-ray and the DVD. But um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a movie that is hard to forget. The themes are pretty cut and dry, and. The story is, you know, it's unique in a way, and the, the voice acting and the animation, as I stated, and of course the, the you can't you can't get the songs out of your goddamn head, as are most Disney songs. <laughs> yes. So this, of course, as we were stating, this was based on a 1756 fairy tale of the same name by Jean Marie Le Prince de Beaumont. So that, that's why the story takes place in France. With nobody speaking French, or n- with only one character who has a French accent, <laughs> I always found that so funny. And then when even when they move on to the live action remake, they did the same thing. There's just nobody who's French yes. except for Lemire. <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of uh, French dialogue is used. Yeah, they throw that, around. But, but that's words. it. That's it. Yeah. 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 But the um. I mean, this has been turned into many different. Um, I mean, I guess there was a Beauty and the Beast 
movie that was made in like the 30s. There was actually a, a silent film done. Uh, I think that was the first time Beauty and the Beast was ever put on screen. Uh, it's been on Broadway. It's been, you know, it was a TV show, had Ron Perlman in it. I don't know if you guys remember that. Uh, Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton of Terminator fame. <laughs> they played Belle. But yeah, this was, um, this movie, like just, this movie put Disney back on the map. Because Little Mer- as as popular as Little Mermaid was in 1989, this movie just busted the doors open for Disney because they were starting to go on such a decline. The 80s was not a good time for Disney. And I mean, this like like I stated before, this was the first the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture, not just Best Animated Film. Like you'll never see an animated film be put on Best Picture again because they have their own category now. But like that's just how big this was. The music, I mean, the it just it revolutionized animation. It put Disney on a pedestal that I still think companies are still trying to get to, even though I think certain companies are are getting pretty close. But yeah, this is a monumental film in not just Disney's repertoire, but just animation as a whole. The cast is pretty good here. We have Paige O'Hara as Belle. Uh, she pretty much is just well known for playing Belle. She pretty much did her voice up until I think her last time she did her voice was in Ralph Breaks the Internet in 2018. We have Bobby Bents or Robbie Benson as the Beast. He, I mean, he's not a lot going on here. A lot of TV. He was on some episodes of Friends, and I guess according to IMDb, he actually auditioned to play Luke Skywalker in Star Wars. There you go. We have uh, Richard Richard White, who is the voice of Gaston. Uh, a lot of Broadway stuff. A lot of the a lot of the people who did the voices in this, uh, not like bigger actors who have done a lot of movies, a lot of Broadway performers, um, because of course these movies have a lot of songs in them, so you have to have some sort of singing voice. But then we get to some some big ones like Jerry Orbach. Of course, he's huge uh, in. Why am I blanking? Law and Order. Jesus Christ, which is wild when I because I watched Law and Order a lot as a kid, probably way too much as a kid. And so Jerry Orbach was a big, big time in my life. And I think I watched a lot of Law and Order and then was told he was the voice of Lumiere in Beauty and the Beast. I was like, nah. No way! It doesn't sound even close to that. But it just shows how good of an actor he was. We have David Ogden Styers, who uh, was Cogsworth and the narrator. Didn't even Mm -hmm. know there was a narrator in this movie. Angela Lansbury, who was Mrs. Potts. Uh, Rex Everhart, who was the voice of the father, Maurice, who also was in the first Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. Played the truck driver. Mm-hmm. And then we have Jesse Corti, who played uh, LeFou. And then there was um, the, the, the voice of Chip was also the actor who played the, the kid from Jumanji. The first, the, the original Jumanji, the one, the, the kid who's um, Christian Dunst's brother in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
I looked that up and I was like, oh shit, no way. That's crazy. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, so this movie was directed by Gary Trosdale and Kurt Wise. Uh, they also would go on to do Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1996 and Atlantis, the Lost Empire in 2001. Uh, the music was done by Alan Menken, who has just, he's just a absolute legend when it comes to Disney scores. I mean, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas. He even did music for Little Shop of Horrors, Newsies, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Tangled, Enchanted. I mean, this man is just legendary across the board when it comes to music. And of course, as we stated before, he was he won an Oscar for Best Original Score and for Best Original Song, which there were three Beauty and the Beast songs up for Oscars that year for Best Original Song. So one of them was <laughs> they had a very good chance of one winning. <laughs> The, uh, this was released September 29th, 1991, um, at a, at a con. And then at the El Capitan in November 13th, 1991, and then worldwide November 22nd, 1991. So this was a few short months after you, uh, I was born. Actually, the original release was four days after I was born or five days after I was born. So 1991, good year. So yeah, um, like like we stated before, I mean, we're not going to go into too much behind the scenes stuff. We kind of touch base on some of the crucial parts when it comes to like the animation style and how crucial this was to animation and how it just revolutionary revolutionized animation as a whole. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the plot of the original animated movie, and then we will talk about uh, the. 2017 live action remake and we'll kind of put them head to head even though most people that are listening will probably go we already know who the winner is but that's not the fun of it people you got to listen to the whole episode and then make your decision <laughs> so this movie opens up uh to the legend so the the story about the prince who is just a piece of shit and he's mean to a an old haggard lady who just needs some shelter and he's like get out of my castle and she's like well if you're going to be such a douche I'm going to turn you into a hideous beast and according to this movie in this moment he's only 11 years old um but I digress uh and so it's like wow that's kind of harsh and also I'm going to turn all of your help into just pieces of furniture or you know cups and shit and you're like this is this is pretty rough but it's all told Get out of my <laughs> But the thing is, is like it's all told on the uh, stained glass windows. It's not uh, you don't actually see any of the characters, which I actually like in this one. And the whole thing is, is that if he doesn't fall in love before his 21st, before he turns 21 or when he turns 21 in the final pedal drops that he has to stay a beast forever and then everybody else has to stay whatever they got turned into. And then he has a mirror that can, he can see pretty much anything. He just has to talk to it. We then jump forward to meeting bell and she, we get the, you know, we get her song where she's singing around the, the village. Now here's the thing in this one, uh, she's, she's weird, but the town seems to like her which we'll talk about the way that she's treated in the next one, because it's not the same at all. 
she's yeah they i mean they all talk about how like she's weird because she likes to read and she's just not a normal girl and of course she doesn't like gaston the big hunk of the town even though he is the worst person ever yeah and um but but everybody seems to like like her like they they seem to respect her like they just find her weird they find her to be a nerd and uh yeah and all the men want to be with her it's not even just gaston there's like all the other guys that are around town is like we want her too yeah all right (laughs) <laughs> this movie's kind of violent by the way like they show a du- they show a duck get shot i was like damn and not just like off screen too i was like poor donald no yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh we meet we meet uh the meathead gaston who is just the generic meathead like i'm better than everybody and just says the worst things ever he's just awful and then we have LeFou, who's just this little tiny, like, oaf who just does anything Gaston tells him to do. He's kind of a, he's one of those characters that just, to me, I feel when we talk about the 2017 version, Lef, this is a character that has changed drastically and done better. He's just, he's just a meat, <laughs> he's just the oafish sidekick in this movie. That's it. Yeah. So Gaston, of course, acts, he wants to be with De- he wants to be with Belle and he's just a dick about it. Like he just doesn't know how to properly talk to her. He's just like, you're going to marry me someday. And she's like, no, yeah. no, I'm not, not not doing that. And in order for her to fall in love with him, he's just going to make fun of her dad and call him, call her dad crazy and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, you're this is working out for you, bud. This is a way to win her over. <laughs> So we then we meet Maurice, who is a very eccentric inventor who everyone thinks is crazy. He creates something that he he creates something. He finally gets it to work. And he's like, all right, Bell, I'm out. And just like leaves. It's like you barely get to meet him. You can barely get to see him. He's just like, I'm out. We then see him in the woods. I was like, dude, did you leave so fast that you like forgot your map? You forgot where the hell you were going? But he because he immediately gets lost in these woods. And of course, like you get the tree that gets struck by in the animated one, the tree gets struck by lightning, right? Where it like traverses the two paths where one is like bright and sunny and the other one is dark and scary. I think so. Yeah. Now, of course, in an animated movie, animals can be more emotive so um philippe who is the horse is like another character in this movie whereas when we see him in the live action version he's just a horse <laughs> like he's he's not much of a character other than they ride him around so like there's the scene where they get <laughs> this isn't a movie where the, all animals talk you know yeah <laughs> but they get to the the fork in the road and Maurice, of course, wants to go down the dark, scary path. And Philippe's like, ah, I want to go down the I want to go down that path. That looks better. And so then there's like like a uh, I think this is when something gets struck by lightning. It scares the horse. And then they see the wolves and um, Maurice gets chased to the castle. So he goes in to try to like take shelter for the night because he's cold and all that stuff. And he starts hearing, of course, Cogsworth and Lumiere are talking to each other and he's, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. It's weird. He's just hearing voices, nothing. And this is when he meets the beast. 
very it's and it's one of those things where you know the beast kind of just takes him prisoner just because he's in the castle i mean you come into my house and i'm gonna lock you up somewhere like bro bro what are you doing so this is when we go back to the village and gaston plans to propose to bell in the worst way possible and he comes on because he always comes on so strong and just bullish and it's like dude what are you doing and of course you have like there's always like the there's always other women in the town that are just wooing over him and want him and he's just like nah i want the one i know i can't get it's like oh, yeah no. oh no <clears throat> so yeah she tells him no she's like i'm never gonna marry you get away from me weirdo go do something else and so he he goes away and then we get the song about how she wants her life to be, you know, she's, there's more to her life than, you know, being Mrs. Gaston. And as she finishes up her song, Philippe shows back up and is like, yo, your dad's, your dad got taken by a beast. But she's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, all right. And then hops on and just rides away. And, uh, <laughs> we then go, and she, she makes it to the castle. And Chip is so excited. So Chip, of course, if you don't know, is the little teacup with the little chip missing. That's why his name is Chip. And Lumiere rushes in. And of course, like she comes in and Lumiere's just like, oh, it's her. It's the woman. The woman who's going to change everything. She's like, she just got here. <laughs> like Cogsworth is as much as he is like negative. He's right most of the time. Like he's like, you got to chill out lumiere like she just showed up we don't even know who she is like how, how do we know cogsworth. she's the one? cogsworth is the voice of reason he really is i wonder how many people have showed up at that door that he thought was the one before <laughs> there's like a tally there's a room just full of skeletons yes it has to be <laughs> i'm glad he said it because i was gonna say it like, so uh it's in, in the west wing oh you don't want to go there so did you guys notice that in the castle of in the animated version, all of the sculptures are just different versions of the beast? Like if you look at some of like the, it's like a lot of like the um, columns of like different things, it's different iterations of the beast that they came up with when they were trying to figure out what they wanted the beast to look like in this movie. No. I didn't know that. Yeah, there you go. Little, little tidbit there. So yes, yeah, this is when you get a full blown look at the beast. And I like the design of the beast in this, and we will get to what I feel about the live action version. Um, so yeah, the whole thing is, is like, he's my prisoner and she's like, well, I'll change spots with him. And he's like, fine. So he releases Maurice. She takes his place and Maurice has to ride back into the village to tell the village like that she was taken by a beast. And then we get the Gaston song in the pub and it's a good song. I like the song, but it just shows that Gaston is just a piece of shit. So this is when Maurice shows up to the pub right after the song's over. And he's just like, Hey, uh, bell got taken by a beast. So I need all you guys to come and help me get her back. And they're like, ha beast. There's no such thing. Crazy man. And she's like, and of course Gaston's like, Ooh, I got an idea since everyone thinks Maurice is crazy. And Belle will marry me. Why don't I lock Maurice up in the asylum to then 
tell Belle if she doesn't marry me that he has to be in there forever. And I was like, solid plan, bud. That means you're going to be in a loveless marriage. <laughs> I don't think Gaston cares. No, they're going to be sleeping in separate rooms. Oh, yeah. Right. So Belle doesn't... Uh, we then go back to the castle, and this is when, of course, uh, the beast, of course, is very beast-like. So he's very... he has, He's very angry. He you know, sees that they had set up food for her and he was like, angry. he's like, nah, 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 nah. Like, she's going to eat with me. If she doesn't eat with me, she doesn't eat at all. So he shows up there to try to persuade her to come down. She doesn't want to come down. He gets angry, pretty much tells the whole kitchen crew, she don't eat unless she eats with me. So he leaves. And then, of course, they're like, don't worry about him. We're going to feed you. Don't worry. So they bring her, bring her down. And this is when we get to <coughs> our guest, which is a great song. That's good. It's one of the songs from this movie. Yeah. And so uh, we also find out that Lumiere and the Duster are a thing. They're a couple. Mm-hmm. So we then see Belle exploring the castle. She finds the Beast Room. It's in the West Wing, which is not the spot. It's the one area they don't want, him, want her to go to. This is like, no. If any place, we don't go there. We see the um, the picture of the prince before he was turned. And I read that. So like there's the part where she like is going to move the pieces back to see like what he looks like. And then you see the flower glow behind her. So the flower actually glows because the, it doesn't want her to know what he looked like. Because mm. because the whole the whole thing is, is she needs to fall in love with him as he is. So as the yeah. beast. So. Interesting. I didn't think about that. Of course. But then but then it's just like. <laughs> this bell is just like I'm gonna take the, the little cover off. I want to touch this rose. No, it's not yours. What does this <laughs> feel like? And of course, he gets mad. And I was like, I'd be mad too. You came into my room. You just yeah. touch my rose. Get out of here. And um, <laughs> so she's like, ah, and like runs away. And she gets on Philippe. She rides into the woods, and she gets chased down by. She gets chased down by wolves. And, you know, she's she's fighting him off, fighting him off until the beast comes, stops the wolves from attacking her. But he gets wounded. He passes out in this movie. How the hell did she get the beast back to the castle? Get him up to the orbs. Literally. OK, doesn't really tell us that. But uh, it's one of those things where it's like he he collapses and then it's like next scene. He's in his bed. And you're like, ah, OK. She wraps a rope around his leg. and <laughs> okay. just his, Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> so yeah so bell cleans him up back at the castle and then we go back to the village where gaston works it out with the guy from the asylum to lock up maurice unless bell agrees to marry him and he is like all about it this this uh asylum director or whatever the hell the title is for this guy he <laughs> i'm just like he's like i love it i was like oh my god so the beast and bell they grow closer they're having their thing they're going out they're walking around in the snow they're having snowball fights uh, he this in this one he's very excited about showing her the library he's like you know close your eyes you know you gotta wait and then he gets to see um, because she loves to read and of course she only gets to read a certain number of books in the village so this is this is a huge opportunity she gets to read a lot of books now yeah and um, this is when we get the song something that wasn't there before and we then get the beast gets cleaned up and we get the famous ballroom dancing, which is the um, 
this is when we first see like that mix of traditional animation with the CG, which actually looks really damn good. And um, this is when we get the song Beauty and the Beast, which is sung by Angela Lansbury, who yeah. originally it wasn't going to be. She actually didn't want to sing the song because she didn't feel she had a very good singing voice. And they told her, hey, just record it and uh, we'll see how it goes. And so she did. And then they kind of were just like, yeah, we're going to put it in because they just felt confident enough it was going to it was going to work. And it, it fits. It's, good. it's really good. She does a good job. So. The Beast shows Belle the magic mirror, and of course she wants to see what her father's up to, and of course it's not anything good because he's being locked up in an asylum and she's like, I gotta go. I gotta go. And he's like, well, you're free. You know, you gotta go save your father. You're free. You don't have to be here anymore. So Belle goes back to the village, saves her dad, and they're all, you know, they're all they're like, oh, he's telling us the stories about, you know, about a beast and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no, it's true. And she of course, uh, the beast gives her the mirror. So she's like, look, like, show me the beast. And so they see it in the mirror. And of course, Gaston steals the mirror. And he's like, all right, this beast that has been in a castle for 10 years. Um, yeah, it, uh, has done nothing to us, but we need to go kill the beast. And she's like, this makes yes. no sense. Also, I do want to mention uh, earlier before we got be our guest, uh, Lumiere or in the song, be our guest. Uh, Lumiere states that they have been this way for 10 years. That's where I got the age of 11. That's when the prince turned into the beast. Uh, this was a mistake. So they actually fixed it for the song in the live action version because it doesn't make sense. Um, so, yeah, so everybody, so the village is like, we got to kill this beast that's done us. No, has done nothing to us in a castle. We didn't even know existed. So they show up, they knock down the doors, they have a fight, like the villagers have fights with the, the furniture and all the things inside the castle. We also get a Wilhelm scream in an animated movie, which is hilarious. Like some guy gets flung yes. out the front of the castle. And just, yes. you know, like, nice. Oh, man. And um, Chip is actually the one who releases Belle and Maurice from the back of the carriage, the, the asylum carriage there. Because uh, Chip actually hitches a ride with Belle when she leaves. And um, so, yeah, so Gaston fights with the Beast on top of the castle. It's a cool fight. And Beast gets stabbed by Gaston, but uh, Gaston ends up falling to his death. Which is great because that guy sucked. We then see the Beast dying. And of course, this is when Belle uh, professes her love for him. And before, you know, be, you know, before he fades away, uh, he is turned back human again and uh, they fall in love and the curse is lifted. Everybody turns back human again. And um, yeah, and then we get the final dance scene, which is just the final dance from Sleeping Beauty that they drew over. Yep. Hmm. They did the that love, the, the, the amazing thing about Disney animation, uh, they reuse a lot of scenes from prior movies because it's actually the reason they did it was because they didn't have enough time to draw an entire dance scene so they just were like well we have this other one we could just draw the characters because if you look it's so funny because like all the side characters that are on the outside of the dance floor are all just static <laughs> like there's no yeah. movement which i mean that's not 
abnormal for animation. But yeah, that's yeah, uh, that is the probably the shortest plot crunch I've ever done on this show. Uh, but that's that's the that's the plot of Beauty and the Beast. Uh, the the animated version from 1991. So now what we're going to do is we're going to jump over to the 2017 animated version and we're going to go through and talk about the differences, what they added, what they didn't do. And why is this movie an hour longer than the animated version? Why? So. Why not? Sure. I just remember, I just remember pausing the movie at a certain point and going, there's still 51 minutes of this thing. (sighs) All right. So, Angela, do you remember the first time you ever saw this one? We watched, we watched this one together. Some streaming service. It it had to have been a streaming service because we've not had we've not had cable or anything years. in years. So it had to have been a streaming service, and we didn't watch it in theater. No, I I do not. I just know we watched it together. It hasn't been too terribly long ago. A couple years at least. Because I do remember. Came out in seventeen. We probably watched it in like nineteen or twenty or something like that. Yeah. Because I do, there's a lot of this that I do remember seeing. There are some, there's some bits that I'm like, oh, I don't remember this, but. I remember that time you got really mad the first time we watched it. <sighs> You're like, I don't remember there being this many black people in this movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I just, just a joke. Stop Calm it. the fuck down. I had to get one in, okay? I haven't been talking very much. Finish. There's, I just spit. There is a few, there's a few scenes that I do, I do remember. Like, this didn't happen. Yeah. Why is this happening? I just kept looking over at my wife like, was this in the other one? I just... <laughs> yeah, there was, a, there was a couple of those. Uh, we will get to my biggest complaint about this movie very, very soon. Yeah, I mean, as I stated before, this is my wife's favorite movie. The animated, you know, the yeah. animated version was my wife's favorite movie at the time. So, of course, when this was announced, it, you know, she was kind of excited. And I was like, ah, you know... As as a I love Disney, so I'm a sucker for just watching anything that they do. And I was like, okay, let's see. It's more of just the intrigue of like, how is it gonna be? I don't you think we saw this in her down here. You need to get yeah. her down. Yeah, here. not I don't think I want to hear her. I want to hear her. I don't think that's ever gonna on. happen. <sighs> but uh yeah, I mean I don't think we saw this in theaters. I don't remember, but I do remember buying the Blu-ray because uh, I think this was like one of the last Blu-rays I bought when I worked at Walmart because uh, I had ended up getting a new job at the end of 2017. So, um, yeah, I mean, I remember watching it and I, I had a good time with it. it. It just there's just a lot of things wrong with this movie. And we're going to get to one that's just a big gripe for me. And I'm going to complain about it a lot during this uh, second half of this episode. Oh no! But um, let's talk about some uh, of the uh, of the uh, financials and stuff for this movie. So, this movie was directed by Bill Condon, who was a director for uh, a director on Dream Girls, The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn Part One and Two. Bill Condon. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Condon. No, Bill Condon. Uh, it was written by Steven Saborski and Evan Stip, uh, Spilatopoulos. Wow. How Whoa. long does it take you to learn how to spell that yeah. one? 
it, we didn't mention it before, but there were like eight to nine writers for the animated version. Wild stuff. Uh, this cast is stacked. Emma Watson mm-hmm. coming off of the Harry Potter movies and uh, my first like true crush when I was a kid. Um, she plays Belle, of course. Dan Stevens, who plays Prince Adam slash Dan? the Beast. Dan? 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 Uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke Evans as Gaston. What's that? Sorry. Dan, I don't know who the fuck Dan Stevens is. He was in the show Legion, which was like an X-Men spinoff show. Yeah. Uh, he was in... He's been in he's been in a bunch of stuff that I've watched. It's not. Uh, yeah, he was just, in oh he was in he was Lance a lot in Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, which I think was the third one. In Downton Abbey. This is all yeah. shit that I've not watched. That would make sense why I didn't recognize him. <clears throat> You're like a stack cast. I was like, who's this asshole? Okay, I mean, I say stack cast, and I, I mostly I probably everybody but him. <laughs> I know. I'm just one of them. Uh, uh, Luke Evans who plays Gaston. I, I enjoy his, his work. Of course, he's been, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he, uh, he was in the, a couple of the fast and furious movies. He played the villain of that. He was also in the really bad Pinocchio live action remake that came out last year. Uh, Kevin Klein, who plays Maurice, who, um, is married to another one of my biggest crushes, Phoebe Cates from gremlins. Um, Josh Gad, who plays LeFou, who, like I stated earlier, I think is the better version of the character. I know a lot of people have like their feelings on Josh Gad. I think he's in the he's I, I like him in this movie. I liked him. I thought he did a really good job. He made it more of a character. Yeah, I like yeah. LeFou kind of was just a bumbling idiot who was just gassed would do anything Gaston would would ask him to do. Um, where this one he does, but he also has a conscience. So like he does things for Gaston because he's secretly in love with yeah. Gaston, which a lot of people had problems with. Um, who gives a shit? Seriously. Uh, we have uh, Ewan McGregor who plays Lumiere, who I thought was another one. Like I said, the, the I think oh, the performances were fine. Did you not like Lumiere in this one? No, I. So uh, I know a lot of people had a problem with how people sang Uh. in in it i'm not one to judge people on whether they can sing or not i think everybody that sang in this did great Mm -hmm. i thought that yeah i thought the songs were were fine but no i love i i love everybody's performance in this like yes i will nitpick at certain things but i love their performances we have Stanley Tucci, who plays the piano. I don't know what his name was in this movie. All I know is that he gets turned into a piano. <laughs> oh, he's Maestro. I think yes. that's, yeah, Maestro. Yes. Was he in it. the animated one? Was Maestro <laughs> in the end? Okay. No. We had, <laughs> we had Ian McKellen, uh, who played uh, Cogsworth, who yes. I thought was also great. Yes. We had uh, Audrey McDonald, who plays Madame de Garderobe, who is the wardrobe. We have Juju Mabartha Raw, who plays Plumet. Oh, why do I, why is that name familiar? Uh, I know you. Um, what the hell? What do I feel? Oh, she was in the morning show, and she was in Loki. Got it. 
We have uh, Hattie Morathan as Agatha, who I guess is the new character, but not a new character. It's just a character we see more than we saw in the original. Because she plays, so Agatha is like, she's a peddler, but she you also find out she's the enchantress who puts the spell on the beast in the entire castle. Where in the original animated version, you just see her picture in the stained glass when they tell the story, but it, she doesn't ever show up again. We had, and then of course, the legendary Emma Thompson who plays Mrs. Potts. So yeah, this uh, st- stack cast who I think do a great job with what they're given. But here we go. So this movie opens up a lot different. Well, it opens up similar to the original, but it's a lot different because you actually see the party that's going on and you can definitely tell the prince is not 11 years old. Uh, This is a grown ass man. I think Dan Stevens at this point was probably in his mid thirties. I think 34. Yeah. So um, yeah, you can't you can't pass that off anymore. Uh, so, yeah, he's just a douche. He's just a he's just he's a prince. He's a, you know, preppy prince who gets everything he ever wanted. And of course, he sees, you know, peasants or, you know, people of, you know, less value to him. Somebody he could just kind of kick to the curb. Yeah. And. Um, she turns, you know, it turns into a beautiful enchantress and she curses him and you actually see her turn him into the beast to a degree. Like it's more of a zoom in and um, you get the whole thing where you get a lot of you got a lot more lore on it, too, where it tells you that it pretty much the castle and the land around the castle are cursed and pretty much erased from the memories of the village. So, you now you know why the villagers have no idea about this castle. And um, and to be honest, this movie's a lot darker, way darker than the animated version, because in this version. At the end, when if he doesn't marry before the last petal falls, he stays a beast forever, but also all the people that got turned into things permanently turn into those items and not just like they have to live like that forever. They literally freeze into those items, which is just horrifying. And also, as every petal falls, the castle slowly breaks apart. I liked all those elements. I thought it was cool, but I mean, maybe it was a little too dark, especially for children. Um, Especially, you know, children. Sorry. Is this really for kids? No, it's for it's for people like us who grew up with this movie. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's for us. Absolutely. But I, I did like those elements. I thought those elements were were a, a good addition. It gave us a little bit more of a background. Um, Maestro would have been screwed, though. I know you're missing no, all those keys. No keys left. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. We then jump to the village where we get the same kind of opening where Belle is singing. You know, we get the, the song about how Belle's a weirdo. Uh, but the but the villagers are just weirder towards her. Like, they don't like her. They're like, she's weird. She reads and she's not like us other girls. So she's weird. We don't like her. Like everyone's so mean to her. Especially the girls, the sisters or whatever yeah. that are saying they're all like snotty. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, okay. And like their mom is like, oh, she's not like us. And they're like, yeah, she's not like us. And I'm like, well, nobody else is dressed like you. So. Who's the weird one now? Oh, I forgot to mention uh, this. So this movie had a budget of. 
Actually, it was released March 17th, 2017. So St. Patty's Day of 2017. And uh, it's had a budget between 160 and 255 million dollars and it made 1.26 billion dollars billion I mean wow. I can't see that it's wild um the original had a 25 million dollar budget and made 440 million dollars so damn that's pretty damn good too <laughs> But back to the plot. Uh, so, yeah, nobody likes Bell in this town except for the uh, guessing the who was this guy? The librarian? Like, who was he? The guy that she's like friends with who she shares his books. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she was friends with the librarian in the animated one. But here's my qualm with his library in the live action one. He had like 12 books. Yeah. In the animated one, he had a bunch. Yeah. Like, like what what yeah but yeah but yet she mentions the fact that like oh i've already read all these so i'm just gonna read this one again yeah it's like oh, okay. well it kind of makes sense if it's like a small like, pamphlet like out in the middle of nowhere yeah. they're not gonna have much- but, but also no one else in this village reads so yeah that's really why it's so small and i mean it's the he had a whole wall full of books in the animated one like he had so many i think i think they tried to make him more historically accurate I guess. I guess. So we meet Gaston and Luke Evans performance as Gaston is drastically different (laughs) to what we get in the anime version. Uh, He's a dick as Gaston needs to be because that's just the way this character is supposed to be. But he's I don't know. He like he's not as like pushy about things. And he's not as like he doesn't say the shitty things like right off the rip. Like he tries to be nice in a way, as nice as he can be. But then like it's when he gets rejected is when he starts the creepy, just shitty things start to come out of him. Um, yeah. And then we also meet LeFou, who I think is just a more well-rounded character. I think Josh Gad does a, a very good job at giving us a completely different character than we got in the animated version. And this is a character not a lot of people I've from what I've seen, not a lot of people like this character. Because of the fact that they changed him so drastically, they made him a gay character. Who cares? Uh, they, I think it 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 flowed very well to what they were trying to tell. I don't think. I mean, listen, I don't know what Disney tries to do. I don't know if it's because of an agenda or whatever the fuck they're trying to do. But I like. I think it fit well to what their plan was, and you know, having him be in love with Gaston, but also not trying to show it. But that's why and and that's more of why he does everything for Gaston, because he's hoping one day maybe Gaston is going to, you know, love him back. Um, Yeah. But but yeah, I I really enjoyed Josh Gad's interpretation of this character. It wasn't like thrown in your face. You know, you get those episodes of shows where they have to introduce (laughs) the gay character and like that's all it's about. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like they it was like it's not thrown in your face. No. No, like you see it, you see it during their song together, mm-hmm. but then you don't see it again until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think they did a good job with it. Uh, so, yeah, I just I think it, it was a, a good interpretation of the character. We also meet Maurice, um, played by Kevin Klein, who is also mm-hmm. a very drastically different character than mm-hmm. we got with um, 
the Maurice in the animated version. Like Maurice in the animated version is very energetic, very like he seems like somebody who back in those days would be deemed as crazy. Like, I don't know exactly what time this all takes place. I'm guessing like late 1700s, early 1800s. I think probably when the story was written. Um, but like, this is just a normal guy. Just. Yeah. And he's an artist. Uh, he's an artist in this one, which I kind of wish that they would have taken his little, um, the, the thing he makes that he takes with him. The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the, oh, like a diorama it? type yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of but... wish that they would have made it do something like taken his engineer side, inventor side, and his artistic side and kind of like meshed it where it like mm. would either like turn or light up or do do something. I think it would have been would have been kind of cool to see. Them yeah. take both of those then, sides then this movie would have been three hours long angela <laughs> well true but you know no i know no, I, I completely understand what you're talking about that would there's some crucial i think there was things they could have taken out to maybe include that yeah piece of it um but yeah he just he was he's just a normal guy who's just living his life you know and he's building stuff he's a paint like you said he's a painter and he um of course like we also get the backstory of bell and how her mother died and um, you know, we still get the thing of like her asking, you know, am I, am I odd dad or Papa? And she, he's like, odd, my daughter, why would you think something like that? And in my, and if my kid said, am I odd? I'd be like, yes, you are. You're nice. my child. <laughs> <laughs> you get it honestly. And, um, yeah. And then, I mean, this movie kind of plays out very similar to the animated version with some things included. We get new songs. We get. Uh, did you like the new the songs that they added that weren't from the originals? Yes and no. Just because I felt like it wasn't gonna take away from anything if it was left out. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think I mean two and a half hours a, for an for a movie like this is just too long for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just like how is it this long? <laughs> I do like the whole the whole scene where he's riding full leap i do like the whole wolf chase oh yeah that is pretty cool thing i think it's kind of cool yeah he gets the only thing is when philippe goes back to the village like how did philippe get back right he just like... knew he's like a dog just get back to his <laughs> get back to his house uh, i so i do like looking at the animated version compared to this one i do like when maurice shows up to the castle and he goes in there and he's trying to like get warm and stuff he's like he's not just going in there and doing whatever he wants he's he's trying to yeah. announce he's there constantly <laughs> he's like hey i just want to warm up i don't know where you are but i'm gonna go over the fire and warm my ass up <laughs> i do yeah he like sticks his ass <laughs> yeah. in front of the fire and of course you hear like cogsworth and lumiere talking in the background and um you know all that stuff and i like the design of the castle too i think the castle looks pretty cool because it's a lot yeah darker it looks really oh yeah and um, in this version, compared to the animated version where he just kind of gets taken prisoner just randomly in the animated one, mm -hmm. where this one, he he promised Belle he would get her a rose. Yes. And so he goes to the back into the garden and tries to take one of the white roses back there and the beast shows up. And this is when we get the first look at the beast and he looks awful. I can't I hate the design of the beast in this movie. He I looks, like everything but this right here. So I hate bad. his lips. 
He for one listen, we talk about we talk about CGI a lot because we've covered a lot of movies that use heavy CGI. This movie uses a lot of CGI because most of the characters are CGI. The beast just looks like they didn't have enough time to finish him because he just doesn't fit in the environment around him. Uh, Anytime he's with Belle. I like the voice. I like the fact that it's Dan Stevens voice kind of modulated to sound like the beast. Yes. And um, I like the horn look and everything, but why did he have to make him look human in the face? It looks so bad. We're going to put pictures of the beast from the animated and the, the live action. Cause it just, why you He's had such a great lips. design. <laughs> he does. It's so bad. And the thing is, is like this movie could have been so much better if he wasn't so distractingly bad, like his design. I'm not saying the performance is bad, it's just how he looks and how he flows. I'm just like, oh no, what happened? It just takes you out of the movie. And there's, yeah, uh, like when he's laying after, you know, when he's laying in the bed and yeah. like his horns keep hitting the pillow, I'm like, is his horns going through the pillow? Like, <laughs> there's one scene where his horn, his horn just disappears. And then the next scene, it's like, okay, oh, they took no. a little time. They oh, took a little no. time to make sure it looked like, you know where did it go <laughs> okay but um yeah so so of course maurice gets taken prisoner because he tries to steal the rose which is a, a better i think a better version of that and then of course philippe rides back to the village gets alerts bell and bell rides back to the castle to confront whatever and she goes up and she confronts the beast. And now the beast's attitude in this movie is very different than the beast's attitude in the animated version. He is very, he's not like in the, in the animated version, it's one of those things where it's like right to the point, like he's like, Oh, he's smitten by her where this one. He's just like, your father's a thief. Like, that's why he's here. And like, it's not about falling in love with bell or whatever. He like, I don't even think he realizes, you know, sees her for that in that way just the look and the design of the beast just throws me off, man. He's just, it's just so off putting. It's way too, way too humanoid. More yeah. like super hyper humanoid. I said, it's like every time he talks, it's like they had to force his lips out further and further. Like it was, it's, just, it's, it's so off putting. Like they, um, pring- they took the end of Pringles and like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I like the beast character more this than I did the original, but I like, I like the actor that played the beast in the animated one better because this dude, Dan, what's his face? Stevens. Stevens, that's it. Uh, I just, he just didn't, he just seemed to lack some of the intensity yeah. as the beast at times. Well, I think but, that's I mean, the, why it was a complete, to me, it was a completely different character because like in the, in yeah. the animated version, he's very like, he has beast mentality too. Like where I feel like this beast is just a human as a beast, like he just looks like a beast, but he's still that same person underneath. Or yeah. in the animated version, he also wasn't just turned into the beast, like physically, but like internally, he's also has those beast type things. Cause like when he gets angry, yeah. he's slashing things and ripping things apart. And like, he's running on all fours. I love the look yeah. of the beast in the animated version. I was like, why couldn't you just copy that? It would have looked yeah. so good. Maybe I can't, I don't want to say <laughs> truly it would look good, but it probably would look better than this. So yeah, so we get the whole same thing. Maurice and Bell, they switch spots. And uh, you know, Bell, you know, Maurice rides back into town 
and they they you know we get the Gaston song, which is LeFou's the one who kind of takes center stage for the song uh, in this version. Yeah, and um, it's a lot more musical. It's a lot more of a you know I mean that's what these live action movies do when it comes to the songs. It turns into a musical, and. After that, Maurice shows up to, you know, say, oh, there was a beast. Bell's been taken by the beast. And at first, like Gaston and is different because he's like, oh, well, take us to the beast. Take us to where you could find or where where he was. And so Maurice ends up taking them to the fork in the road. But it's all like better now, like the tree that was struck by the lightning is fixed. And so he doesn't know where to go. And so they just think he's crazy. So they, they tie him to a tree and then yeah, Agatha so- finds him. And uh, yeah. this is when you kind of get the hint that Agatha might be the Enchantress. Like, I at least figure I kind of feel, felt that way. Like, because of the fact that, like, in the beginning, when you see her show up, it doesn't look like Agatha, but it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder if this is her disguise. Like, she's secretly seeing things as they go on. She wants to make sure, you know, she has to physically see the beast fall in love. So we then see, you know, the whole Bell thing where Bell meets all the different characters of the castle and, you know, freaks out at first and, um, you know, meets the wardrobe and everybody else. And, you know, she doesn't want to go to dinner. We get the be our guest scene, which I think is a little bit. I, I, I like this version. I like the fact where, like, they want her to eat. But every time she tries to eat, the food gets pulled away from her because, like, they're in there during their performance. <laughs> I was like, I don't think she ever ate like at all. I, I I gotta say, I think Emma Watson is a fantastic actress. I think she is great, but I just she just seems so stiff in this movie. Like she just I don't think the energy that you get from her counter her animated counterpart just doesn't it doesn't bleed through to this. Like she just she always like there's some times where you look you watch a certain scene with her where she has to interact with like the beast which i mean i can't say it's easy interacting with a cg character which i know that they they did like motion capture for him on a lot so she wasn't actually acting with nothing but she just seemed like she was lost in certain scenes like she didn't know where to look or like how to how to act in certain Mm -hmm. ways i'm not saying it was throughout the entire movie but i don't know i'm i don't know how much of a fan i was of her bell but you know she tried so we get you know just the normal stuff where you know she doesn't want to eat dinner we get the whole thing and she ends up finding the the west wing just like in the other one and she finds the flower but unlike the animated version she doesn't just touch the damn thing or take the glass off like i want to see it <laughs> she's like a child in the animated version where she's like what's oh, this i can't see through glass <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but there's, no the, there's a glare on it i can't see <laughs> but yeah it's uh so yes the, the beast shows up he gets pissed off and that he you know she the whole thing she you know runs away until she gets attacked by wolves also we get to see the fact that every time the petal falls a piece of the cat like the castle crumbles and then like the 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 object so like cogsworth starts feeling weird so like he starts turning like stiff And then he would turn back to himself again. So like they're slowly changing as each petal falls. They never really explain though. Does the beast stay as he is as a beast or does he turn into a full fledged beast? I would have liked to know that answer. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, so she gets saved by the beast by the, you know, after the wolves attack and he 
this is when you get like an explanation of how she gets her gets him back to the castle because she literally goes up to him and goes, "Can you stand? Because I need you to stand because you I ain't get you back if you don't stand up." You know, she nurses him back to health, all that stuff, and then this is the difference between uh, with this beast compared to the animated one is that this beast doesn't really have that like he's not like overly excited like he he shows her the library but it's like casually he like brings her to the library he's like look at all my books these are my books have fun she's like cool we're in the other one he's like i'm so excited to show her the library you know close your eyes type deal yeah yeah it's kind of like well here's some books kind of yeah. thing like oh, you like books here's yeah <laughs> you like books here's the books she's like have you read them all uh no <laughs> tell them we're in greek yeah he's like are you joking he's like no <laughs> they're, they're on greek <laughs> yeah we get the the song you know we get the song where they're they're out you know doing their thing outside and we get the snowball fight even though she gets hit with the biggest snowball ever and then gets up going ah! like, she's no fucking he like out. he like whops her in the face with this big old snowball she, and he's laughing I'm so like, was she though she was like <laughs> i'm like you might want to check and make sure she doesn't have a concussion. Like, yeah, you talk yeah, about this is 1750. Crazy. They don't know what concussions are. <laughs> they don't know what abuse is either. No. So we then get a whole like a new thing where Maurice gets set free by Agatha. <laughs> he goes back to the, the village. He's all clean, you know, dressed and all that. And Gaston comes back. And Maurice is trying to accuse him of leaving him out there, tying him to the tree and all that. But the problem is his little food doesn't stand up for him either. And uh, so they just deem him crazy. So they're like, oh, and then Gaston gets the plan as he does where he's like, well, if I, you know, can lock him up, you know, Belle will have to marry me. And I was like, I don't think that's how that's going to work out. So. We get uh, the whole d- dinner scene and the dance in the ballroom scene, which is so fucking, to be honest, I the scene sucked in this version. It looked awful. Like, at the tracking of the beast dancing with her, it was so off-putting. Like, he's, like, gliding across the dance floor. I was like, oh, And here she no. is, like, she's, like, doing <laughs> hopping. I'm like, I was like, what is this? This is. I might have made oh, it look a little bit more. It's the most iconic. It's, like, one of the most iconic scenes in, like, cinematic history like just that ballroom dance scene from the original and it's like oh it looks so bad here <laughs> guess what guys this made a million dollars end, even at the very end dance she's still like yeah, I'm yeah. Like, it's I mean it's gotta be so hard to, to act alongside a CG character I get it but, but uh <laughs> but yeah so she's shown the mirror and she sees that her dad's being locked up, so she's got to go back. And um, uh, in this version, she just goes in with the dress on, like she goes back to the village with the yellow dress, yeah. which in the last oh, version she doesn't. We missed. We, we skipped the book bullshit. Yeah, the magic right book. before the mirror. Oh right! In this version, there's a magic book, and that's Damn. where you learn about her mom. Like, yeah, you like go. He can like travel to different places in the book, and they go to like her the apartment that her dad and mom lived in when she was a baby. And you find out like her mom had leprosy. What the fuck did she have? The plague. The plague. She had the plague. Okay. The plague. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the dad had to leave her there because he didn't want bell to get it. So that's why they moved out to the, the village. Yeah. I completely forgot about that added thing. We did not need. 
which added a lot of time to this movie. Because this is where you find out her obsession with roses. Which doesn't make any sense. It's which, so dumb. Because she doesn't, she doesn't know. Like, they didn't even need to include that. If you want to include the reason Beast took her dad because he stole a rose, just have the Beast take her dad because he <coughs> broke in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So then we get all of the other scenes that we had talked about before. She goes back to the village to prove that the Beast exists. And, uh, of course, we get the whole thing. Gaston takes it. And in this version, Chip doesn't go with her. They just unlock the lock because she had a pin in her hair. And, the, and Maurice ends up unlocking it. And I, I like the whole thing where the, the guy who's like, he's like guarding the cart. And he just gives him, he's like, I think this is yours. He just hands him the lock. Yeah. But we also had to get the scene where she like rides away on the horse. And like, you just see the dress drop on the ground. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> I know how she got the horse from the castle in the first place. Like, did did her dad not take the horse back when he went back? Unless he, like, like sent the horse back to the castle. I don't know. I don't know either. Because uh, I'm like, how? where'd the horse come from? <laughs> what happened here? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Gaston in the, the village... They go to the castle to kill the beast who did nothing to them for them for him to <laughs> be worn to death. And uh, yeah, this is when you kind of find out that the villagers minds were wiped of the castle because like uh, a woman, the, the, the woman walks in. She's like, why do I feel like I know this place? And then as they're fighting everything, Mrs. Potts comes and she sees a guy. And she's like, Mr. Potts. And I was like, yep. Oh shit. And um yeah, so you get this whole fight. You get like LeFou is like fighting with Gaston and then like he sees that uh, the the piano falls on top of him. Gaston kind of leaves him and so he's like I'm changing sides and he becomes best friends with Mrs. Potts. Yeah, and then we get the very anticlimactic fight between Gaston and the Beast. It was very lame in this version. I didn't like it. It just it's like shot three times. It was just it was just yeah. literally the Beast leaping across beams like he was leaping on rooftops the entire time and then Gaston shoots him buildings in a single bound <laughs> he shoots the beast twice and then ends up falling to his death again it's just dumb yeah, yeah and so of course the as the beast is dying Bell per you know she tells him he loves or she loves him and the enchantress shows up but you find out it's Agatha you're like oh shit that's Agatha and then she turns into the beautiful enchantress and then she um, resurrects the the rose because you get the really depressing scene of as the last petal falls, you see all of the objects around the castle starting to turn into just their objects. And oh man, the worst was Mrs. Potts trying to find Chip. Where's Chip? And then you think oh, Chip no. is gonna Chip is gonna crash, and then the thing catches yes. him before he falls. I was like, this scene alone is better it than anything me. else that this movie did. This was the yes. best scene in the entire movie because it literally made you emotional. I'm like, yes. man. I uh, remember I I shed a tear when I first watched it. I do remember that. Because I'm like, yeah. Because I'm like, Chip. No. no. Also, I did not like the look of Mrs. Potts and Chip in this movie. I don't like that their faces were like just painted on the side of the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't really like it. To be honest, I it wasn't was a big fan fun. of most of the designs of the objects. Because like Lumiere, they just made him like a humanoid candle. 
Like he just turned in. He's like, I oh, got normal legs and arms, but at the end, they're candles. Where in the movie, he's a candlestick. He looks like yeah, a candlestick. He had no legs. Codsworth yeah. at least looked like a clock in this one. Uh, but yeah. Mrs. Potts, she was Mrs. Potts' chips was just—they were kind of scary looking. No, no, it was the it was the fucking armoire. The wardrobe, yeah, the wardrobe, dude. Use that fucking cloak. I thought it was going to eat Bell at least two or three times. It was going to turn to this weird boar fetish thing. I was like, this oh. is this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> Did you like the I machine gun it. piano keys from Maestro? That was awesome. I love that. Awesome. I love that. Like I love when uh, the wardrobe takes the three guys and uh dresses them dresses them up and the one guy is just like <laughs> yeah the one guy's like i like this i'm beautiful <laughs> but yeah i mean that that one scene at the end when they all turn like just into inanimate objects just best scene of the entire movie uh yeah, yeah. we also but the she she resurrects the the rose and the beast turns human and everybody turns human we get to see unlike the uh oh no we did get to see everybody turn into humans at the end of the animated version yep. oh yeah we get to see you know everybody all the actors that do the voices they we actually get to see them in their form i ian mckellen as cogsworth is hilarious because especially with the woman who comes up is like oh i've missed you so yes. much he's like please turn me turn back, back into a back. clock turn me back into a clock ian mckellen's so good uh, <laughs> yes. um, it was a clock clock tilda or whatever so funny it was the lady with the really big hair <laughs> yeah i just feel bad for mr potts because like it wasn't just his wife who got turned into an object his son too i was like damn and my wife's like yeah i feel like the only reason they were turned into that because that she worked there and he was and there he with her yeah i was like That's he, he, especially in the beginning where he means that he bell runs across him in the village and asks me he's like i'm looking for some but i can't remember what it was yep and it was them the whole time. Mm. A little miss, foreshadowing. That little spot, eh? Yes, nice right at the very beginning nice of the movie. Yep. Oh, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, we get our happy ending where they dance. They get Beauty and the Beast sung by, uh, this time by Emma Thompson. And, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the end of the movie. And, um, yeah. So now we get to do some, we get to do some verses. So we're going to do... Best Bells, Beasts, our, our side characters, Gaston's, of course. And then by the end of this, we're going to talk about what was the better of the two, which I feel like we already know the answer to this, but we're going to go through everything else first. So let me get my notepad because I want to write all these down. Jesus. Pens flying everywhere, everybody. Hold on to your butts. All right. I'm sitting on mine. I can't hold it. So. 91 versus 17. We're going to first start off with Bell. Definitely not Emma Watson. All right. Dan, Sorry. do you concur? Yes. I like her, I but. Concur. Mm. All right. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, listen, I, as I stated before, I, Emma Watson is great. And to be honest, I don't think she's terrible in this movie. I just don't think. Sometimes she seemed bored. Sometimes she just didn't have the energy that I feel like we should have gotten with this character. And maybe mm -hmm. that's just the way they wrote her in this movie, especially since they did change the way the beast was. So maybe they just kind of wanted to have like a, like I feel like they wanted to portray more of a stronger character. Cause maybe they, they saw bell in the original as like 
a little bit more airheaded, a little bit more ditzy, maybe a little bit more of just like the typical woman back then where they were like, they made dumb decisions. Yeah, I mean, oh, my God. All right. Cool, man. But uh, this was I feel like they made Emma Watson's like more of a stronger female character, which I which is fine. It just she didn't she just seemed more bored than anything. Like in the end, Mm -hmm. do you really feel like this bell would have fell in love with the beast? No, absolutely not. Now, speaking of that, I already know my answer because we've talked about it many times, but what is the better beast or who is the better beast? I like, I like, like I said, I like the actor who played the beast in the animated one, but I thought the beast as a character was better in the, the the live action version. I I have to agree with you, Dan. Mm -hmm. I do like the way that he is like the way he acts. He's not just straight up like, I need to fall in love with this girl. Like, he's just being a normal person. I can't look at his face, though. It's no, just, no, that I'm, is why I have to pick the 91 version, because his yeah. fucking, the way this beast looks is awful. It's a terrible design. And his, even his nose yeah. is more humanoid, as opposed to the beast in the animated one actually has a... He looks like a beast. He looks like an, a, a he, mix. Yes. I think he was like, like the his, design is like a mix of like three different animals. So yeah, he just looked, he looked yeah, more intimidating. He's got teeth. It, you know, he has the lower teeth that stuck out in like the very wide nose. I just, yeah. I mean, I think it's a slight edge for the 91 version. Uh, just mm-hmm. because of that reason, I think Dan Stevens' performance is good. I just don't. I think just it's not his fault that they created a very terrifyingly ugly character for him mm-hmm. to betray. All right, next, let's talk about Gaston. They're both assholes. Um, I like the look of the animated. I like the look of the animated Gaston just because he talks about um, in his song that now he's. Um, larger than the side of a barge or whatever or what, mm. whatever he says yeah. and i think that luke evans is just like more scrawny yeah i mean like, he's I a bigger he's a big guy but it. he's definitely nowhere near what i would imagine gaston being but i mean i guess it's hard to yeah i mean how do you cast somebody who is gonna be a good actor plus being right. a fucking true the rock-sized human being <laughs> um true I think Gaston is more of a character in the live action version. I think he's just, he's not just a meat. I mean, he's, he's still a shitty person, but he's not a meathead like Gaston in the anime. He just sucks all the way around. Now, I don't know how you would rate that. Like, do we rate him based on how shitty he is or do we just rate him based on like how good of a character he is? Well, I mean, don't you think he's slightly shittier in the, the remake? Because in the other one, he just, takes her dad, locks him in the same asylum. This one, he ties him to a tree and then locks him in and tries to lock yeah. him in the same asylum. Yeah, he just kind of like leaves him out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, hey, you're you're fine. I think they're both, I just, fine. I prefer Luke Evans. I like him as a character because like, get, animated Gaston, I like because of just the memes that spawned from him. <laughs> um, those are some great ones. But I, I just, yes. I think as, as far as a character goes, I mean, for me, I mean, Luke Evans, I mean, his character is just, even though he's not crazy, he's way more robust than the anime. He's yeah. not just, I need a bad guy. Here you go. Yeah. I have to agree. I, I think, I mean, I, it could be controversial and I think people might be angry about it, but I, I have to, I think I'm going to give the edge to Luke Evans. I think the, his character of Gaston is just more well-rounded. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, more of a character who's, I mean, you can still tell he's the villain, but he does despicable things without it being like completely obvious. All right. I think our next character we can talk about, let's talk about Maurice Papa. I didn't know that. I like the animated version more because I mean, he's like that typical, like eccentric, crazy little character that they always make in these Disney animated movies. And I just like the fact of like, he just fits the bill of just like, yeah, you can easily be put in the insane asylum. He looks like a crazy person. Uh, he he seems to be more of the I don't want to say crazy because but yeah he fits the more like in this one like he doesn't give you any in the, the live action he doesn't give you any inclination that he fits the crazy dad yeah like he needs to be put oh put away right like you see him for two seconds saying oh yeah there's a beast well i think i think they get rid of they get away with that better in the live action version because everybody loves gaston and he can manipulate Mm -hmm. the crowd believing what he wants true which good but i i think in the animated version you see he's more like bouncing off the walls hyperactive dad who's like you know, gives you a reason more for physically gives you a reason. Yeah. Not just somebody's talked you into doing it. Like they physically see him because he's an inventor, not an artist. Like, exactly. well, he's not an artist. He's a clock. No, in oh, the live artist. action, he's an artist. But he works on clocks too. But in so the. He still has that one yeah. too, which is actually. No, this is sound weird, but I actually like uh, Kevin Klein. I like the live action version better because of the eccentric dad. Because he's just that he's literally just a catalyst. He's like he's literally um, like the Sultan from mm-hmm. Aladdin, the animated mm-hmm. Aladdin, the animated version of Maurice. This one I like him because he he's he feels again more grounded as this movie was trying to be, where he would be if he is an artist or he works on clocks. In this village of this size, that would probably be weird, as is a woman reading. But I think any woman reading at that time, outside of royalty, well, I would mean, probably be. They they point that out in the live action where she's teaching the girl how to read. You, oh, you teaching another one? Exactly. Well, that's well, that's what I mean. Like it's it's it makes more sense. And like, I I think the whole angle of what happens with her mom is irrelevant. I don't give a shit about that part. It could have been that cut could have been. Movie. I, yeah, I thought that was not important at all. Yeah. But I liked him. Slightly better than the animated one. Like, just slightly better. I still like the animated one because he gives you a reason to be to be locked away. For... Yeah, but I think that just... I think I, mean, I agree, but I think that just goes more on Luke Evans being a shittier Gaston because he can manipulate the crowd Which into doing true. what he wants them to do because it's Gaston. He's always right. He's the cool guy. Everybody likes him. Yeah. He's manipulating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, our next one we're going to talk about is LeFou. I, I, as I stated before, I think the 17 version is is the better version. I think he is better crafted. I think he's better performed and he's more of a character in this one, unlike the yeah. animated version. So, yeah, that's great. I'm going to do side characters. So that, that side characters we're just going to do as everyone that's in the castle. I don't want to do each one individually. I think they can all be grouped together. Um, yeah. What do you guys think? Animated. Animated all the way. Yeah. 
I feel like that's an easy one. I, I, I think that's what a lot of these will go as. Like I said, I appreciate some of the depth they added to these characters, but I felt like most of the ones in the castle weren't really affected by that. Yeah. For the most part. So, I mean, and plus, I, like I don't it. like we talked about their controversial designs and stuff anyway. And yeah. I like the added maestro. But... Yeah. I like a couple of the added characters, but yes, yeah, so it can't be the originals. Uh, and then songs. What were like the better performances? Because all the songs from the animated version are in the live action version, plus some added ones that they did. Um, But what are the best? What is the better performances? I have to go with animated because still listening to Angela Lansbury sing gives me chills every time. I agree. I agree. 100%. not, I, I'm not again discrediting the job that they did on the live action one. That they did a fine job for most of the songs. I didn't care about the new ones because I had no attachment to them. So, so pretty much, uh, I think. I mean, is there anything else we should vote on before we move on? I mean, I guess with the consensus would <coughs> be, what is the better movie? Are by the by how we voted, you can't go wrong with the original, with the 1991 original, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I don't even think it's close. I think the animated original is just vastly superior to the live action remake. I appreciated what they tried to do. I think it there are parts that are good of the live action one. I think some of the environments, I like the whole lore behind it. I like the story and how like mm-hmm. that whole thing is. I like the way the beast is. Um, even though he, even with him looking horrendous, <laughs> I, it's just so jarring because you know that most of this is CG and it just, there's times yeah. where it's just obvious, so obvious that it's just CG and it just oh, yeah. it's so off. Oh, yeah. Like when she's running, like, like when she sings, um, um, it's the song after Gaston comes and she tells him that she doesn't want, she's never going to marry him. And she runs into the field. I'm like, holy shit, this looks awful. Like it just looks so bad. Like she's just running in front of green screens. Like, yay. Frolicking. <laughs> I'm like, they really could have. Holy shit. They really could have put her somewhere. Find a field to feel. Find. Please. I mean, where's the field they, they did? Sound of music. Come on. It's exactly. got to be there still. <laughs> exactly. Sound of music did it. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Oh, man. So, Jesus. same place. Just, just take her there. Right. Helicopter in, plop her in, and take her out. Well, that is it, everybody. That is we. So the 1991 animated film is the winner of our first week of of our versus series here covering our Dis- favorite Disney movies. Uh, we do have a couple comments. We have a comments. We had a a, a, a retweet on the comment. It, it, did you get you got one, didn't you, Angela, on your on your Two post comments? All right. If you want to read yours first. Um. One is from um, Darren, Nostalgicast. He says, one of my least favorite movie experiences of all times. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other one was uh, Charles, uh, Repub9989. He said, might be the only good live action remake. So we had like oh, we a, two completely differing yeah. opinions. Love it. Well, my fir- my one and only comment is from uh, our good friends at Flicks and Friends podcast who said nothing scarier 
than a human villain, but the live action movie did not do just uh, Gaston any justice. And then we had a retweet from uh, a Miguel Ferrer, which I have to translate it because it's in Spanish. It says, for me, by far, the animated version of Walt Disney's Beauty and the Beasts is my favorite of Disney's animated films. It's a cinematic masterpiece. Uh, the 2017 live action version does not reach the soul uh, of that movie. And it's a it's a fail. Pretty much is what they say. So thank you so much for the comments, the retweets, all that. Make sure to uh, follow us on Twitter or and Instagram. I didn't post it on Instagram, unfortunately, but uh, I try to post a couple days before we do our recording so that we can get your guys' opinions on the movies that we cover. I do actually, I got something else. So unfortunately, because we record these so far ahead, um, people won't hear their names be mentioned. Uh, but I finally started the Patreon. Finally, finally published it. Uh, we, it's amazing. And we have seven patrons already on the Patreon. So I want to shout out everybody who is a patron. So uh, our first one being our good friend johnny browning uh, was our very first patron uh so johnny browning thank you so much doom generation thank you so much we had the flicks and friends podcast billy pennington our our own dan and angela (laughs) and the baron's hideout podcast so thank you to everyone who uh dropped that dollar to uh become a a patron of the dissect that film patreon uh, we only have one tier, $1 a month. We'll get you oh, no. early episodes. So our episodes come out on Friday and I'm going to try to get them out either Monday or Tuesday before that for the Patreon for, you know, for all the patrons. And uh, so, yeah, so for $1, you can get early episodes. And then later on, once we start getting some other content created and, and worked out, we're going to be adding some more tiers and some more content for all of you. And uh, yeah, and if it, if it works out well enough, maybe we'll add some other perks. Yeah, it's very exciting. So thank you to everybody who supports us. And uh, yeah, so next week, guys, we're going to be hopping over to Dan's pick where we're going to be covering the 1967 The Jungle Book along with the 20... What year did it come Something. out? 2016? Something like that. Uh, no Jungle Book? Point. He's looking right now. So technically... There was a live action remake of The Jungle Book from 1996, I think it was, which was technically the very first live action remake that Disney ever did. But we're not going to do that one. Um, 2016. We are going to be covering the 2016 live action remake because that one is the close is closely linked to that 67 original. So we're going to be comparing those next week because, to be honest, I feel it's going to be a little bit different than it was this week because this is one that is when it comes to. <laughs> people voting on what is the best live action remake that Disney's ever done. Jungle book is always towards the top. So it's very exciting to be able to compare two two movies that I thoroughly enjoy. I love the original and I love the remake. So it's going to be a fun time next week talking about jungle book. Um, I want to say something real quick. Sorry. <clears throat> I want to thank both you guys for carrying the show for me today. <laughs> Dan is suffering <laughs> right now. <laughs> I, I need to be, to be sick here. more often That's so why I, I can I know talk I can more. just leave. I'm just it's kidding. Fine. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks Dan <laughs> for for, you know, for being here even if you really didn't want to be. <laughs> I, 
I did. I tried. To I could have easily just said I wasn't going to be here, but I wanted to be here. But uh, thank you for uh, for being here every week. Same to you, Angela. Thanks to you for everybody for listening every week. We appreciate all the love and support you guys give us. We got a lot of fun shows coming up. Uh, as we said, we're going to be talking about Disney for the next few weeks, and then uh, we're going to be bringing on some more guests because we've had a kick-ass time with all the guests that we've had on the show, and we can't wait to uh, to bring on some more. So. It's going to be a good time. All right, everybody. Uh, you can follow us at Dissect That Film on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. We don't do anything over there, but whatever. Uh, if you're, I mean, you're already listening to the show or watching us on YouTube, but clearly if you haven't uh, rated us yet, especially if you listen to us on Spotify, you can rate us five stars or whatever you think we deserve. Please do it. The more ratings we get on Spotify, the more ears we get you know, get into, you know, we want more people to, to, to listen to the show. Same with Apple podcast, good pods, leave us a rating, leave us a review. Tell us how we're doing. Tell us what you love about the show. Maybe leave us a suggestion of what you want to see on the show. And if you watch us on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button because it's free and turn, hit that bell. So, you know, when the episodes drop, uh, and, uh, make sure to leave a comment down below. All right. We appreciate all the love and support. We'll see y'all again next week. Until next time. I am Brett Parker. That is Dan and Angel of DNA gaming. We are Dissect That Film, and this has been the Dissect That Film podcast, episode 102. See y'all again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.